Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This episode of The Kindness Project was recorded live on Facebook during lockdown, which explains why we're probably still talking about being stuck indoors. I hope you're enjoying your time outside to the fullest, and thanks for listening to The Kindness Project. From The Kindness Project, we talk about the end of the season, compilation special, lockdown stats and past episodes. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry, do you want to move over a bit? Welcome, welcome to the Kindness Project, uh, Tis the End edition. Um, we're not calling it that. Are we not calling it that? No. What are we calling it? Um, the end of season special, I thought we were going. Yeah, the end of the peer special, I like yeah, that. end of the peer. You know that when they used to do shows, what, at the end of the peer, no? The end of the season. End of the season special. Welcome to the end of the season special. I'm a man who clearly needs a haircut after three months in lockdown. It's Chris Dames, and I'm joined by a girl who prepares for every podcast with a massive swig of iron brew. It's uh... <laughs> sorry, have we got sponsorship now? No. Are we? Uh, are that I... can is empty. <laughs> are iron brew now sponsoring the kindness project? No, no. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. I mean, you you didn't let me introduce you. Um, and then when you did introduce yourself, I thought I was going to get to introduce myself, so I had two seconds to come up with something that didn't come well, to me. Put your introduction No, in. I ain't got nothing. Well, you haven't got an introduction. No. I thought you were well prepared today. I was going to mention your hair, your haircut, and then you stole that from me. Stole so the standard I... for the haircut. So, um, if you are watching live, um, this is the last Facebook Live we're going to do for a while now. Because um, this will be the first... Episode into the new year, I think. Well, yeah, so the audio version, because we're using the video versions for the audio version, this is our first audio um, podcast of 2021. We're that far in front. So we're having a break. And I'm going to write a book and do some other stuff instead of uh, spending time with you doing this. And, and I'm to gonna be frank, I'm going to miss it. And wear more casual t-shirts. <laughs> That's a weird ambition for life. What's your, uh, where do you want to be in uh, ten years? I want to be wearing more casual t-shirts and sleeping in more. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, hi, Russ. Thanks for watching. It's just retirement, isn't it? It is, what, what, wearing casual t-shirts and sleeping more? Um, our retirement doesn't look like that, to be honest. Um, yeah, so, you get an extra hour a night and you get to wear comfy tees whenever you like. Yeah, so this show, my friends, is a compilation special. Yes. Over lockdown, we've done 30 episodes, if I like that, 40 episodes of The Kindness Project Life. We've had a laugh. Except we're now we're 40 episodes in front. Which is good. In a 52-week year. True. But we've had an amazing time recording these live videos. We've uh, laughed. We've cried. Have we've cried? No. We, we've seen some amazing guests come on. Um, we've asked some questions of the podcast. We've, we've been ridiculous. We've literally relied on Dave Forsdyke way too much. And on that Damn. note, <laughs> should we rely on Dave for his Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought we'll by, just do... By doing a couple of the final Dave Forrest Oaks. So I think we're just going to do one today because we do have an hour and a half worth of video clips. Yeah. So yeah. I just picked one and... I mean, the weird thing about the video clips is you're going to be able to track the 
tidiness of my hair throughout the video clips. Can't yeah, you? I don't know if they're chronologicalised though. What was that word? Chronologicalised? Yeah. No, I think it's chronological. Why did you put the lies on the end? <laughs> it's chronologicalised. Chronological is being in order. Chronologicalised is having been put in order. We will be referring to Dictionary Corner on that one. <laughs> Just a quick one. And uh, unofficial question in the podcast, because for the first time we haven't got a question in the podcast. Is chronologicalised... Is that the word? Chronologicalised. Chronologicalised. Is that an actual word or is, is Charlotte just made it up? We'd like to know. Um, and on that note, here's Dave Falls Don't Silver Linings. You said it's I've got a video to cut to. I don't. Um, Sunday... Oh, no, there's a Wednesdays. These are the ones... I'm oh, Dave! Hi, mate. Thanks hey, for tuning in. This is the last one. Yeah, So cool. sorry. Um, so, Silver Linings for Wednesday the 1st of July. It's a new month. Yeah. Damn, I'm really losing track of everything these days. Yeah. I found a fantastic Facebook page that posts a virtual exhibition of art every week on a Friday. The daily posts of previous exhibitions. Take a look at, and then it's the link, and I'm not going to recite it. And we'll put a link in the show notes, as we yes. always do. Uh, and it's available on David Forsdyke's Facebook. And when I found Art in Lockdown page, you've got me searching for more. The Arts Depot website has been holding an ex- exhibition of art during lockdown. Take a look here www.artstepo.co.uk slash lockdown art exhibition. Um, so you missed the middle one entirely, but so David Falstaff just told me chronologicalized isn't a word. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's painful. Been saying it for three years. Maybe we can like start the trends and get some of our Facebook listeners to and viewers and everybody who tunes into the Kindness Project to get involved. And can I, just as it's the last one in our particular yeah. series, yeah. can I share some stats with you? Yeah. I mean. Over the, over the course of lockdown, we've had thousands, tens of thousands of downloads on the audio version, which has been amazing. People are um, more bored. They need something to do. <laughs> well, people must be enjoying it, mustn't they? No comment. <laughs> but we have, <laughs> apparently, we've gone global. So we've got a few, um, few places where we are um, popular. Uh, guess how many listeners we've got in Japan? Well, considering I can see the, the list, yeah. Yeah, because that's what you want to do on a Wednesday afternoon. Listen to a podcast from a man speaking numbers from a spreadsheet. It's not Love fun, is it? Love a spreadsheet, though. Um, so, so most of our listeners come from the States. We have a, a, lot, a lot from the UK. Um, India, we've got 289 uh, listeners uh, who download regularly in India. Two from Luxembourg. The one I'm most proud of, though, is uh, Malawi, one listener. And, <laughs> El Salvador. Um, El Salvador, <laughs> one listener. Um, Thank you to the person listening from El Salvador. Happy 2021. So, so clearly, El Salvador, lockdown in El Salvador is, is boring. But the one that surprised me the most is on our sort of global um, listeners... We had one listener from a place called Vanatutu. We've only got one listener from Jersey, but like... Well, that's probably the way. Yeah, it's probably like... We probably know our Jersey listener. We don't know our UK and US listeners, but we don't... There's so many of them. But... but, I wonder who listens in Japan. um, But... 
just so just so we're clear, thank you for supporting the Kindness Project. Yes. We've loved doing it. We've loved hearing the stories of people doing amazing work in the world. We've loved sharing David's stories um, virtually every time we we do a show. Um, we have loved um, your positivity, your kindness, your generosity. Generosity. I've just made up another word. Yeah, it's um, a I'm going to say that. People gifting you chickens. <laughs> Generotisserie. Um, so, <laughs> generotisserie is a word. We have loved no. getting involved in our little uh, community. So thank you. We yes. really appreciate you supporting us. We have got quite a lot of the best bits of the Kindness Project during lockdown to share. And what else can I say apart from... I have bit? a timer. You've got a timer? Yeah. Um, Play the tape. I have to turn the mic down. See first. you on the other side. So I'm going to do. I'm going to do our guest intro. Um, oh, I uh, I'm joined by a man who's definitely got the finest hair in the kindness community. It's David Jamili. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> How are you, David? Yeah, thank you for the compliment. Yeah. Um, but it is a bad hair day, you know. In these times. You know, I don't always make it perfect in the morning. You know what? You're not alone. I mean, I am using... I, I you know, My first trip outside of lockdown is definitely going to be to my local Turkish barbers. Uh, and I'm going to treat myself to, like, the works. You know, I'm having the shave. I'm having the, the flame in the ears. I'm, I'm having a proper haircut. I think that hairdressers are going to be absolutely rammed the second lockdown. Yeah. It eases a bit, so... Uh, uh, abs- absolutely right. Absolutely right. Morning, yeah. everybody, and welcome to the Kindness Project. So we start again. Um, I'm joined by a girl who is one movie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man who's half a movie away from the end of the Marvel I Cinematic am. Universe. I it's am. Chris Dames. I, I'm, I'm on the end game. I'm on the end game. I've gone through Black Panther. I've gone through Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp. I've gone through um, Thor Ragnarok. And I am now in a position yes. where... Okay. Yeah, we've got audio. Sorry. <laughs> I, I had to check. It gets desperate when you're running a podcast and um, you've just got to check for the audio every time. But we're, we're there. We're there on that, aren't we? Yeah, well, he's, he's halfway through Endgame and I've decided to watch them in chronological order based on the contents oh my god it's really so i'm on i've just finished captain america the first avenger so you're not watching it in order they were made you're no. watching it in order of when they were set yeah Endgame will blow your mind then because it's all about time travel and they go they visit every single i know part. i've seen i've seen infinity war Okay. It all was right. it was on in the library at school. Uh, I am joined by a girl who only communicates now in Spotify. That's a new one on me. Um, uh, it's Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man who doesn't answer his phone calls or texts, <laughs> so it has to be communicated with by a strange method. So what? So and and we're also joined by a man who's making me a little anxious by coming on a little bit late this morning. <laughs> it's Nick. How are you, mate? Yeah, morning, and apologies for the communication breakdown. I wasn't aware of the rules, but no, I'm no. Good at winging it, so we're all good. Listen, listen, a bit of chaotic fun yeah. on a Friday morning is all, all good, right? So, Nick, I just yeah, want to tell you this. It adds to the nervous adrenaline. It takes the same energy to push us forward as to destroy us, so we're all good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, just want to tell you this story. So, I'm in the gym this morning. Okay, I've got a little home gym at the back of the house, um, and suddenly, somebody, hi- we've got a family Spotify, and somebody 
hijacks my Spotify with the Beatles song Help, right? <laughs> so so I'm, I'm I'm trying to work out who's hijacked my Spotify and literally I'm ignoring it and carrying on training and trying to get my sort of exercise workout done. But the more it carries on, the more the the song gets repeated. So all I've got is help. I need somebody, and then it stops, and then help. I need somebody, so I come down the house, right, and say, "Who's mucking about with my Spotify?" Charlotte says, "Me. I need your help because I can't get the software working for the for the live podcast, right?" So apparently, we don't use emojis anymore. We don't use text. You don't answer your texts. You don't answer your we, phone calls. How else am I supposed to get in contact we, with you? Yeah, yeah. So, so. See, I, I thought we were going to go into the realms of like psychic mediumship. Then I, I thought like you were receiving messages from the other side. And mate, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be that would be brilliant if we could do that. We're, I want to talk about the fact that I am loving. Um, has somebody chopped the arms off your top? I like this stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I've just noticed that. Um, uh, the fact that I'm loving. Grace and Perry's art club at the minute. Dave, have you seen that show yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. So he's doing this art club from home, and he's um, uh, just literally encouraging people to start um, painting and drawing from home. So this was on last week. I watched the first episode on Sunday on Catch Up, and it inspired me to start doing a bit of art and I haven't done any art any drawing any painting any anything since I was at school so picture. that was very good your picture of Lon- psychedelic London oh thank you mate I appreciate that I still that. think the title needs very workshopping artistic. yeah Modern. yeah well Charlotte, Charlotte thinks that Charlotte thinks that um even though um the picture's quite good uh, the title needs a bit of work doesn't it what title would you go for I don't know but not that <laughs> just I thought it was quite appropriate yeah well well, well what's in, what's interesting after drawing that and if you haven't seen this poor attempt at art there it is uh, if you can see that, um, uh, uh, we, if, if you're listening, <laughs> we, I, I did. I did joke that I was prepared to frame it and send it to somebody for ten p and a bag of Herbs Originals, um, which on Twitter started this weird conversation where somebody offered me. Ten pounds and a bag of Werbs Originals. How much is a bag of Werbs Originals? About a pound. About a pound, right? Um, and uh, that quickly escalated to a ridiculous amount for my first ever piece of art in twenty odd years, which is a hundred pounds. But I am not saying like the the. Just so we're clear, the bag of Werbs Originals is compulsory. All right? Non-negotiable. Non-negotiable on the bag of Werbs Originals. Um, but the good news is um, we are, uh, we've raised £100 for St Francis Hospice, who we're supporting at the minute. Talk to me about your Google history. My Google history? Well, I was trying to find this page I have in my Google history for jokes for the podcast. And I was just going through, reading them aloud. Uh, Pingu funny, fun family-friendly jokes, house divide reoccurring decimals, uh, hilarious jokes. This is your Google search history? From my phone, yes. Okay, go on then. Sea Angel gifts, cast of King Falls AM, Trump News Live, he was being so <laughs> stupid. Right, okay, so unofficial question of the podcast is... 
What's the strangest thing you've searched for on on, on the internet uh, recently in the last in the last few weeks? Chris, uh, have you been searching for anything unusual on the internet? No, not really. I, I did search for something a bit strange last night. Must the central heating wasn't working, and we didn't have a name on the controller, so I just put the number in, and it all came up on YouTube. So that was amazing. You know what? Fixing boilers, all you need to do is Google the make and model of the boiler and you get a video to potentially fix it. Um, yeah. As long as you're not as long as you're not doing anything too technically complex, because clearly you're better off getting an engineer to do that, aren't you? Or just do it yourself, Charlotte, what do you reckon? Yeah. Turns the boiler on and off, so yeah. So that was good. Well, apparently, even if it's technically complex, what are you recommending? Do it yourself. I'm not advocating that behaviour, just just, just to be clear. And I I just want to talk about one thing. Now, we've been running the Kindness Project, Louise, now for about two and a half years. And thanks for coming back on, because I know you've been in on our audio podcast already, haven't you? I have, yes, yes. Um, so, so thanks for coming on and joining us. Your 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 audio podcast was one of our most popular ones, actually. So we really appreciate you coming back for the live. But as thank you. But as you know, um, we do a thing on the Kindness Project called Question of the Podcast, right? Uh-huh. And uh, we try and mix the questions up between some really deep philosophical questions and just some like stuff that just. Is every day. And while we expect people to jump on the deep philosophical questions to share their opinions, yeah. we actually get more answers on stuff like, "Who's your favourite Muppet?" Well, well, this, and this... I'm pretty sure that's my question. I got a question about which Muppet would you be. And, and remind us, remind us, who's your favourite Muppet? Um, I think I said Beaker, um, the, the scientist. Um, I love his, I love his crazy hair. Beak, beak is a good choice. Animal's the right answer, clearly. Ah. But let's not, let's, not even, let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. But uh, we asked a question uh, earlier earlier this week that beat the Muppet question for the first time in two years. I know. And it was, it was about ice cream flavours. Like, literally, I asked the question and we had, like... I, we had to we had to continue the answers into the next live show because there was just so many. And also because you posted the question shortly before this episode. That is true. That is true. So, Louise, what's your favourite ice cream flavour? Um, pistachio. Fine choice. Fine and choice. nutty. I like a I like a nutty choice. But the, the there's this guy on this show, this hundred dreamers. If you're on, if you're if you've got Netflix, give it a watch. Um, who's got a completely bald head and side burns but not sideburns like it's grown them out of his beard is it it's, it's, grown, it's grown from his hair it's grown from his hair um, and it's a, it's amazing human 54 <laughs> it is human 54 yes. uh, and we, we've started calling him burley yeah um, he's got a nickname already <laughs> burley and there is a there's another character that we're obsessed with who just expresses every emotion by moving his chin. Yes. Um, is absolutely amazing. Right, do you wanna do you wanna pick one? Like so this is a weird conversation for a Tuesday, isn't um, it? But do you wanna It's got nothing to do with the Tuesday. This is a weird conversation anytime <laughs> of the week, isn't it? Um, nah, go on, you pick one. Um oh let's start with an easy one. Apples and pears, what does that mean? Apple and pear. You told me the ex- this exact one, but I forgot. Um 
apple pear stairs. Hey, well done. Great stuff. Is it right? Now, now it, it is. And if we've got any of our viewers are, who are from our particular part of the world, this will be an amazing opportunity to, on the Facebook Live, this is weird. <laughs> this is weird. But this is incredible. Like, on the other Facebook this, Live. This is, on, the, on, the, on the Facebook Live, share with us what we should uh, talk... What, what's your favourite unofficial question in the unofficial podcast? Question. What's your favourite piece of Cockney rhyming slang? Keep it relatively clean. Um, uh, relatively. <laughs> relatively. Um, that we can share with Dina so we can have that conversation. So so yeah. if we could do that, that would be, that'd be great. And I'm looking just across our um, lounge slash dining room slash office slash study area slash everything at the minute. Um, That's where everyone sits but me. <laughs> towards... Um, uh, the piano that we bought about a year and a half ago and we've played with but we've never really learned how to use have we we've played with it but we haven't played it <laughs> no um uh so i might take up the piano what are you gonna do what i'll be a buzz um, you gonna i do? might see if i if you're all taking up the piano i might see if i can sit and listen to you play piano and just play my ukulele awkwardly in the background to random notes it's not even like in time or in tune well just... maybe maybe the family band that we've been talking about starting we should uh, we should start so what? it's got a clarinet but what instrument could we give mum uh, she could sing couldn't she she could sing yeah, she, she could, could sing singing. who's going to be the drummer though that's the thing we need a drummer we need a bit of a drummer in our life uh, we'll just do we'll just, get, we can just get the dog some drums we'll, we'll get one of the granddads on Zoom, um, if they can work Zoom, um, to 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 like, accompany just, us on drums. Give, we just give the dog a tiny like tambourine and put some treats on it. <laughs> That's what we need—a tiny dog tambourine with the dog just running around. He's barking at the at the door now, and he oh, can't come in because we're pod. No, no, don't oh. let him in. He can't come in because we're podcasting. Particularly if you want to attach that tiny dog tambourine to him now. Because that would be, uh, yeah, that would be probably a bit too much noise. So, um, so yeah. And then the other thing, right, is the um, is the way that we've been generating topics, and we've got a random word generator that we've found, yes. and it just comes out with the most, quite random stuff. Uh, so, do you want to give us some from your random word ge word generator? So I'm going to generate three words at a time, and they're all nouns. <laughs> Migration, debate, shatter. Is shatter a noun? It is now. Give us another one. Profession, net, ditch. Ditch your profession in a net. <laughs> a lot of people doing that while they're in lockdown. <laughs> your profession is ditching people <laughs> in nets. Oh, yeah. Bridge, minority, dead. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not that one. Twin, chapter, stadium. <laughs> Have we generally resorted to just reading out three words on the podcast? We're only a week in. Well, give me another approach. one. Emphasis. What one? What are you? What one are you going to emphasize? I emphasized emphasis. All right, okay, go on. one more. Scholar, reliable, right wing. That segment, <laughs> random words, will not be coming back in any future podcast. We thought it was going to be fun. Clearly not. Give me one more. Let's, Give me one more. Let's go with all this time. Efficious, gleaming and kind-hearted. Oh, well, that's a good one to finish on. <laughs> Same just, time. Just Same thinking, time. Just thinking it over. I mean, um, me and Nan did spend, like, a good couple of days just, like, 
chilling on the sofa, watching Criminal Minds, sympathising with the murderers, and okay. drinking tea. So sympathising with psychopaths, that's appropriate for the kindest projects. We made a joke out of it. Oh, yeah. okay, fair enough. So, so just chilling with your nan, having a cup of tea. Yeah. Daz, what's your favourite memory of a grandparent? My favourite memory, I think, has to be of my nan, my mother's mother. Okay. Um, she was blind for much of her adult life, and and I couldn't, for the life of me, work out how she managed to cook all the things she did uh, without having sight. Yeah. So yeah, amazing food and uh, yeah, sensory impairment. Amazing woman. How did I? How did I know that your story was going to be related to food in some way, shape, or form? <laughs> I'm so predictable. <laughs> We're going to be talking a lot about food in this show. I'm pretty sure. So, so we'll we'll, we'll do that. Um, I reckon I've got I've got a few, and it's weird you say that because um, Cassie's mum, your nan, mm-hmm. has a visual impairment, and one of my favourite memories of um, is going <laughs> Russell our esteemed producer slash editor, um, going round to um, uh, Cassie's mum's house and um, getting uh, uh, tins chucked at him and uh, Russell turning around and going, that was a pretty accurate shot. How does she know where I am? <laughs> True story. But my, my favourite my favorite memory, I think, of my granddad is he used to take me down to London quite a lot and... Um, and uh, 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 one of the things that we used to do is go to the National Gallery, yep. right? And when I was like Sophie's age, probably eight or nine, I used to love the, the National Gallery, not particularly for the art, but they had the biggest set of revolving doors. And he used to let me go around the revolving doors, run all the way through to the exit, and then just go around the revolving doors That's again. That's my favourite part of Ikea. Is it? <laughs> I haven't got a favourite part of Ikea. Um, I'm joined by a girl who is slowly going through Disney Plus, Marvel movie by Marvel movie. It's, yeah, we're on. We're on. It's Charlotte Dames. How are you today? I'm good, and I'm joined by a man who seems to take more Zoom calls than have actual conversations. It's Chris Dames. I am doing a lot of Zoom at the minute, but we're also joined by a man who... Um, We'll have to go and get changed in a minute because we've worn the same outfit. Um, it's Don. How are you doing, Don? Hi there. Hi there, guys. How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks, mm-hmm. mate. Really good. So just just he can't see that I'm wearing the T-shirt that Don gave, both, well, he gave us both the T-shirt, didn't yeah. he? And Don is sporting the exact same T-shirt. And to be honest, rather embarrassingly, Pulling it off better than me. I'm quite sad about that. Well, I'm sure he's oh, not pulling off the, is it, the t-shirt. Is that the situation where you go to a party and somebody's wearing the same dress as you? I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's happened more often than not, mate, to be honest. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid it. Okay, so another set of silver linings. Go on, okay, a 10 year old girl has sent more than 1,500 art kits to kids in foster care and homeless shelters since the lockdown began in March. <laughs> Chelsea Fair, actually, this is fair. Fair from Connecticut. 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 Connecticut started a charity last year to help kids enjoy art. Her art kits include, 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 oh, include markers, crayons, paper, colouring books, coloured pencils, and gel pens. Yeah. 
An anonymous window cleaner has been helping local businesses in the Great Yarmouth area by cleaning their windows for free. The mysterious Scott simply posts a note through the door saying, I have cleaned your windows and or signage today so as to keep your establishment in tip-top condition so as to bounce back quickly when this is all over. Amazing. Another anonymous hero has paid for a cafe in Florida to make 100 sandwiches a day to go to the nearby hospital. The donations are at 40,000 so far and have helped keep the cafe going as well as feeding hospital staff. Absolutely love it. Have we got any more silver linings? One more. Today's one. one. Today's one. And like uh, Dave likes to have been, today's one is about music again. Yes, it's definitely a plug. Um, (laughs) We have turned into the Dave Forsdyke Appreciation Society, haven't we? We we have a whole section for it. We might have to change the name of it. Should we just change the Kindness Project to the Dave Forsdyke Show? No, we we were going to change it to the Barry and Beryl Show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, got it. I'm waiting to mention that for like two weeks. Right, today's Silver Linings is all about music once again. Musicians can't form to a live crowd at the moment, so many of us are finding different ways to keep playing and entertaining you. As a part-time weekend warrior musician myself, lockdown has presented an opportunity to learn some new skills in home recording, mixing and video editing. Silver Linings. Today's Silver Linings, look at money. Whoa, awesome. Um, Money is always a delicate (coughs) subject, and this may divide (coughs) readers to some households suffering cuts to income, job losses, or being furloughed, while others are seeing their finances benefit from an enforced halt to much of their spending. Either way, most of us are being forced to spend less, and for the luckier ones, this means saving money or repaying debts. The Bank of England reports a huge increase in in consumer credit being repaid. Whatever camp you're in, here's a list of things we've all saved money on over the last three months. Fuel. Not driving to work, to clients or meetings. I've still got half a tank from when I filled up in March. Yeah. Train and bus fares. Stop, please. I would usually travel into London by train two or three times a week and use buses to get to and from the offices. Food. Being at home means we're not buying coffee, lunches or snacks from cafes, fast food outlets or shops. Impulse buys. For those of us near shops, lunchtime or evening browsing is a temptation. Non-essential purchases. Not so much an impulse, but I think we're all guilty of convincing ourselves we need something when in reality we can live without it. Restaurants, cinemas and theatres. They've all been closed. If you're lucky enough to be saving, please be kind and generous to those who aren't. It's a good idea to continue some of the habits that have become widespread during the lockdown. Habits that have proven effective for saving money. Yeah, I mean, certainly... Paying down debt is one of the things that you should do, particularly expensive debt during this period of time. So um, focus if you've got some spare money on doing that. Um, but also, and I've been remiss of saying this on the, uh, not saying this on the kindness project, if you can afford to, give to causes who need it. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of charities and there's a lot of organisations out there who um, are suffering because of the coronavirus because normally they'd raise money through events. They um, can't do that at the moment. So if you've got the spare money because you're not spending it on something else, I'm a firm believer, and we've spoke about this on the podcast before, in doing well and doing good, mm-hmm. right? There's no issue with, um, in a democratic capitalist country, in earning money 
money, working hard, building something and um, becoming better off because of it. Mm -hmm. But I think if you do that, you've also got an obligation. Sorry, did we say we weren't going to talk about politics and I've yes. gone into a political rant? If you do that, you, you've, also, you've also got a bit of an obligation to help other people. Um, and certainly... It's something we try and do, isn't it? Um, uh, and, uh, and I'd encourage you, if you've got spare, a bit of spare money now, a bit of spare money, um, that you're, uh, you're not spending on your wheels, on your car, <laughs> on the or on the bus, um, please try and think about some good causes. And we've got, we've had some... Why are you doing a little dance while I'm going on my political rant? Um, we've, we've got some amazing causes that you can donate to... Sorry, am I boring you? We'd, we've got some amazing causes that you can donate to who we've interviewed on the Kindness Project. Uh, and thanks again to Mr Dave Forsdyke, who um, always hits it out of the park um, with his stories about silver linings. And I think um, Cassie... Uh, my wife and your mum and friend of the friend of the show, friend of the show, dude of the show, um, as here Dave's here at the park because I think Cassie would like this one. The dog who delivers wine <laughs> has become a local celebrity. Soda pup. Uh, he's got a nickname already. Soda pup is truly a wine lover's best friend. Oh. Um, and and we've got a photo of him um, just with. Uh, satchel, two bottles of wine on his back, back, delivering wine. So do you want to read that? Amid the ongoing coronavirus health crisis, one winery in Maryland has found a creative way to allow customers to follow safe social distancing protocols while still permitting them to stock up on libations they love. Can I just say, libations they love is a good turn of phrase, isn't it? Libations they love. Meet Soda Pup, a dog who truly delivers wine. Stonehouse Urban Winery in Haggerston is now offering curbside pickup, courtesy of its only furry four-legged employee. After we could no longer have our guests come to our winery in a social setting, I noticed that Soda was looking a little sad. <laughs> Stonehouse owner Laurie Yatter told today of the £75... That was a bit of a beast, didn't he? 11-year-old... <laughs> Brindle Boxer. You'd see every time the door would chime, Soda would jump up to greet, greet whoever was coming in. It was so funny, when a regular guest would come in, their head would swivel over to Soda's bed and he would be acknowledged before the rest of us. <laughs> I like the idea of that. Having a shop and you've got like a, a shop dog. And Did you hear about the pub that had a shop pig? No. <laughs> Where was that? I don't know. A pub pig? Yeah. Amazing. Um, on March 20, you had to decide to purchase a saddlebag meant for, <laughs> meant for horses. <laughs> to be fair, that dog is big enough. I mean, how big is that dog? 75 pounds? That's like half a horse. <laughs> um, you had to decide to purchase a saddlebag meant for horses and then post a note on Facebook to see if you can get some of Soda's old pals to visit. Um, and basically, Soda's job now is to go around people's houses delivering the wine. And that is amazing. What do you reckon we could get Dex to, de to deliver? Uh, kisses. No, no, no that, that's definitely something you don't, you don't want. Um, and what the owner Yata said is she, used, she puts a couple of treats in the pack, a bag for the wine, two bottles of wine. She opens the door... 
and he walks to the curb and delivers this pack of wine for the somebody else to meet him. So, like, sort of following social isolation, good practice, but making sure people were still delivered. That is amazing and work. And they get to see this adorable dog. The dog is adorable. Another three reasons. To be grateful. Um, you want to do these? John Bon Jovi, megastar and millionaire, helped out at one of this at one of his JBJ Soul Kitchens over the weekend. Rather than holding up at home, which he could easily do, he decided to help those less fortunate. Over 20,000 former NHS professionals, many of them retired, have returned to work to help boost resources in the NHS. These people are incredibly brave and selfless heroes. Yeah, look, I mean, it's we mentioned it yesterday. We all went out on Friday night and clapped for the NHS. That That is a small gesture for the amazing work yes. they're doing. Um, each and every day supporting us through a time of trouble. So thank you again. Uh, not only the one, not only the NHS workers who are working now, but the ones who chose to come back yeah. to support the profession. That's amazing work. Technology and engineering firms have come together to build a breathing, a breathing aid. Oh, which will help COVID nineteen sufferers. Designed and approved in less than a week. The new CPAP machine is being trialled and could be manufactured in large numbers and reduces the need for ventilators. Yeah, it's you know what's incredible, especially in times of crisis, it's amazing how innovative humans can yeah, be. Yeah. You know, and how quickly we can um, we can we can get stuff done. So, do you want to share what the question of the podcast Hi. is? This. I was going to say this week's question of the podcast, and now I realise we're going to be doing this. This day's question of the podcast. Day. So today's question of the podcast is, what are you grateful for? Yeah, what are you grateful yeah, for? I am grateful for family. Yep. I am grateful that the sun's shining. Yep. I'm grateful for this really good coffee. Yep. Um, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for having you guys. Yep. I am grateful for having a warm bed. Yeah. Uh, and having. Oh, hello. Um, and <laughs> I'm not grateful for the dog because he's making too much noise at the minute. But um, I'm grateful for having that massive chunk of books down the end of the house. Yeah, a little library. A um, little, uh, which I now know includes the Odyssey, which I will be cracking into. Yeah. The question of the podcast is. What's been your funniest lockdown experience? Because we can all sort of... It's a particularly tough time for all of us. But in our house, it's created weird segments of humour, normally in just bizarre conversations we have normally, but we've just been having more of them. Yeah. So what has been your um, funniest, most amusing lockdown experience? Um, where can people get in touch with us? Okay, so we... So if you're currently watching this, I'm going to stick to my self-made format. Here we go. If you're currently watching this, you're on our Facebook. Woo! Um, thanks, guys. It means a lot. Um, <laughs> so if you're not currently watching this, our Facebook can be found by just searching the Kindness Project podcast in the Facebook search bar. Um, yeah. Yeah. So at Twitter, we are at Ola Kindness. How often do we post on Twitter? Uh, yeah, two hours right. So he's, he's the boss of Twitter. Uh, so. so we have a website and it's www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. You can Email. listen to any of the 130 different podcasts we've done over the over the past two years. So um, let me share what the uh, question the podcast is for this particular show so we can get some answers Crack on that. Um, the 
we, we've got a bit more time now we're in lockdown. Yeah. So what hobby or pastime are you going to do a bit more while you're in lockdown yeah. that you wouldn't have had the chance to do in real life? I don't, is it still real life? Is this still real life? Is this the real <laughs> life? Is this just bad? <laughs> Okay, yeah. um, so what hobby and bar some of you going to anymore? But we um, we were a bit late with the uh, um, uh, question of the podcast this morning, so we only posted it this morning. So if you can get involved, that'd be amazing. Yes, um, hello, Trev. Thanks for watching, mate. Um, so what I, I was asking Sophie, what question of the podcast we could we should ask, and she came out with the amazing one of. What's your favourite cushion? Now, I don't know whether I've got a favourite cushion, to be honest. Or what's your favourite blanket? What's a really bad question to ask? Um, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> you get a variety of answers because people see the posts at different days. Yeah. Um, but at the minute, what day is it might be the worst question to ask because the answer Nobody might be... Knows. I don't know. I don't know, I to know, be honest. Until he said it was Monday, that it was Monday. I thought we were just like... Yeah. I don't know whether it's Monday, Wednesday, or Alan. To be honest, I'm 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 not it's convinced. Monday. It's Monday. Now, Andy, um, what, what I want to do, and, and thanks for coming, we really appreciate it, mate. Um, what what I want to do is just talk about uh, the amazing work that the hospice does normally, but particularly at times that we've never seen before. So tell us a little bit about the work. Firstly, the hospice does normally for those who don't know you, uh, and don't know the hospice, but also how, how it's been impacted in, in, in recent times. Okay, that's really quite easy and straightforward to do, Chris, because the hospice uh, opened its doors some 35 years ago. Uh, for those that don't know, we're based at Havering Bower, which is Romford. We care for patients and patients' families with any life-limiting illness. A lot of people think we are a cancer charity. Not so, because we're dealing with everything from heart disease, motor neuron disease, as well as cancer. Um, we serve the areas of Havering, Redwood, Barkley and Dagnum, Redbridge and parts of West Essex. So catchment wise, we're one of the largest adult hospices in the UK. Um, the majority of our work takes place in the community. Uh, we are a 22 bed inpatient unit at the hospice, although at capacity we run at 18 beds, funding wise. So the majority of the work takes place in the community. Um, yeah. And that's that falls uh, where we are now. Uh, I'm very thankful to say that at the moment we're still running as best we can at capacity, um, but I'll go on to explain why things have become extremely difficult current yeah. day. And I, I didn't realise actually, Andy, that a lot of the work you do is out in the community. Because you assume a hospice actually just looks after the people within the four walls of hospice, but the majority of the work you do is community, and that's got to be difficult in current times, right? Absolutely. I mean, Chris, like I said, catch wise you're looking at between 850,000 to a million people that we're looking after. If we're running on 18 beds at the hospice, we're not going to be seeing too many patients. And so people choose to be looked after in the comfort of their own home, but also residential homes, nursing homes. The hospice at home team literally go across the community. Mm. Well, you know what's weird? I'm doing work 
over Easter because it is sort of merged into one. There's no break. And I don't know, I don't know if Ruth would suggest that's a good idea. Ruth, what do you think? Like in this period where there seems to be less structure, should you still take like Easter off? What do you think? <laughs> I I would say it's really up to it's really up to you. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that um, if you're in quite an unstructured environment, so I'm I'm doing a lot of work at the moment with people who are struggling to adjust foot to working for home, for example. Yeah. So it's quite important if you're one of those people that that struggles in an unstructured environment to give yourself some structure maybe timetable your day yeah. think about it in advance and and get up in the morning get dressed and take weekends off so that you've got some time that's different from working time otherwise especially as we don't know when this is going to end the days can blur one into the other yeah you so need to avoid that if easter's you? always been important for your family i mean a lot of people are doing things online that they would normally be doing face to face in person so you might want to actually cook an easter lunch and and, yeah. and have it with your family with your laptops in front of you on the table wherever yeah. you are yeah. um so that you can still share that time if it's important to you and those people who celebrate easter uh, or other religious festivals yeah. take the time to do that online if if you're not worried by it if it works for you we've all got to do the thing that 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 works for us so if you yeah. want to take easter as, as a normal sort of working time and it works for you and your family i think that's fine yeah no no we that's fair work out the way that works best for ourselves but um for, for our audience who don't know about you and your work can you tell us a little bit about you yeah so for me it's so back in 2011 um in the in response to the if anybody remember it the, the sort of uk riots that happened that summer and, and it, as a result of just being feeling really flattened by that and, and feeling a bit sad sad and depressed by that i just it like impulsively decided on the 18th of august that i was going to try and do a kind thing for a stranger every day and see what that did it was reckless which is pretty typical of me <laughs> and i tried to do a different thing every day i tried to make it creative and i did i kept it up and it spanned a leap year so and it wasn't a project in that it wasn't that organized it was just a thing i did but i sort of kept a record of it on social media and then lots of people joined in and it and I kept telling the little stories and um, yeah, it sort of turned into this really transformative experience. And I'd been a theatre maker and an artist all my life. But I think the main thing that happened after that was that became the centre, sort of compassionate practice and kindness became the absolute centre of everything I do and have done since then. Yeah. So I kept it up. So I, God knows what day I'm on now. So since, so for 10 years, I've done a kind act for a stranger every single day. Do you keep a diary of this? Do you record what you do like every day for 10 years? Because doing it over a year is still a challenge, but uh, doing it over 10 years is quite a quite a, quite an experience, right? Yeah, well, I, I say, I, mean, I don't mean this to sound glibly, but it's a little bit like yoga or playing the ukulele or anything, in that the daily practice is best because then you get really good at it. Yeah. I don't mean that. Um, I don't mean to say that I'm expert at it because I don't. I don't kind of like those sort of terminologies. But just you get to have a really deep understanding of what it is. The same if you do anything every day, and uh, but also um, you can always do a little thing every day. Yeah. And and some and and I guess I got um, 
the first year was hugely expensive because I just kept like buying people things. Giving away money. That year, I was like, actually, one, I don't, I can't keep this up, and secondly, in order to make it available for everybody, it needs to not be so expensive. So the practice of doing it has sort of shifted and changed, and I try to, and I champion other people's kindnesses as well, and other organisations, and and then. Made, have written four books now and they all sort of contain very practical exercises and things that can do so the mm. thing for me was to move away from kindness being extraordinary to being ordinary Simple. and actually yeah. be unkind to be the exception yeah you know it's interesting it's, it's that... really good fun actually it's not a chore and um, because you get such a massive endorphin serotonin oxytocin yeah. <laughs> uh, rush um, it's a, it's its own reward as well. Well, we we talk about that on the kindness on the kindness project quite a lot. Like sort of the fact that actually kindness is a little bit selfish because you're in a position where you do feel good when you help somebody else because the hormones in your body kick in, right? Yeah, although I have to say, not always. I would say because sometimes because it, we're complicated, human beings are complicated, and some days. You can't help but hope for a response and you don't get it. So yeah. actually, yeah. it's a very rich experience. And because of that, you can learn a lot, like, you know, not expecting a certain result, just doing it for its own sake. Yeah, no, great. Um, knowing that some days you don't feel like it, but kind of doing it anyway. Again, it sort of goes back to this thing of, I think, you don't always feel like doing yoga every day, do you? <laughs> but no. you do it and then it's good. So I think it does make you feel good. But sometimes it doesn't, and there's always something to learn from that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 sorry, just, just on a complete aside. Uh, my, what was your first like computer, Joshua? Me. Oh, yeah, oh gosh. Um, it was an Acorn Electron, which was the poor cousin of the BBC. BBC, Micro. yeah, I remember that. Uh, my first one was a Commodore 64. Um, oh, and, I'm so jealous. Oh, oh. That, they were, they was amazing. <laughs> and um, and 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 yeah, I but but I, I was I was trying to I was uh, I was trying to explain to Charlotte the other day that when I wanted to play a game, I had to go into the shop, go and buy a tape, come back, yes. wait for half hour for it to load, and then play the actual game. And she she was just looking at me like I was from another planet. You still have to do that on the PlayStation sometimes. You don't have to leave the house. You just have to go into the store and it's all online. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But you still have to wait half an hour yeah. to two hours yeah, for the download. For the yeah, download. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me about um, Action Man then. Yeah. So this Action Man, he had this really cool thing, which was eagle eyes. Basically, there was a little tab in the back of his head, and you'd pull the tab left, and his eyes would go right, and you'd pull the tab right, and his eyes would go left, and you'd take him out to the garden, and you'd build up mound molds, and you'd, you know, you'd you killed the Russians. I know that's very politically incorrect, but the Cold War was still on then. Mm. Um, and what I discovered was um, there's a guy who wrote a book on the vagal nerve, which is uh, sort of a, a, a major nerve in the nervous system. And I'll show you what to do, but if you do this, it actually creates a kind of a reset in your nervous system and it makes you relax. Okay. It's very, very simple. And I called it a Relaxion Man. You know, <laughs> relax, man. I like the phrase. So, what do you, what, what do you, what do you need to do? Sorry, say again. So, what, so what do you do to become relaxation man? <laughs> relaxation man, yes. Uh, and in the book, I actually included a link to the original advert if you really want to see it. So, you take your hands, you put them together, and you put them 
on the back of your head. So you have them resting quite firmly on your skull, just above where it sort of joins your spine. And then what you do, I'll, I'll say it before I briefly demonstrate it. Mm. You, all you do is you keep your head pointing ahead and you look to the left and you just keep looking to the left for between 30 and 90 seconds. Now, the position of your eyes is linked to certain functions in your brain, but basically you keep looking left. And after, I mean, for me, it's about 30 seconds, but they say it can take up to 90. What you'll find is you'll just feel this sigh escape you, or you'll want to take a deep breath, and that's a sign that uh, your nervous system has done a reset. And then you look ahead, and then you look to the right, and you just keep looking to the right for up to a minute and a half. And it sounds incredibly simple, but you know on YouTube you get these um, like clothing hacks. You, know, you get someone who can turn a, I mean my daughter watches them, someone who can turn a pair of tights into like a halter neck uh, top, or they can turn um, a, a pair of trousers into, I don't know, a, a sort of a crop top and that kind of thing. In your nervous system, there are various hacks. And this is one of them. Cool. Love it. So um, I know you recently got involved with promoting uh, Do Me A Favour Buddy at music festivals. So how did that How did that go down? Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So we were invited to partner with this uh, festival called the We Out Here Festival. And it's organised by this uh, amazing DJ, uh, presenter, just all around nice guy called Giles Peterson. And uh, he wanted to create a music festival that was kind of like world music, jazz, modern jazz. Um, um, but he wanted to have a very social element to it. So um, it's very family friendly, for one. It also is really friendly towards causes and charities and things like this. So we partnered with him. And um, what we managed to do is actually um, find volunteers uh, that were going to help um, businesses such as Sleep Pod, who build shelters for refugees and homeless people. So we actually, during the festival, we did a number of things. So we got volunteers for Sleep Pod. We built 300 of these shelters for refugees and homeless people. It was incredible. And then we also shot a mini documentary on kindness where we're collecting, we were collecting stories from people. I'm also matching people there at the festival to do acts of kindness. So, you know, I need help building a tent or can somebody, um, get me something from the shop we found somebody a place to live and also um yeah we just kept really busy just going around promoting kindness and we got some really good feedback and we were giving away like swag to people that did acts of kindness for each other it was amazing love it. such a good time absolutely love it sorry did you have a question no oh you didn't have a question no I, i've got a question do you think music festivals are quite a good environment to promote kindness because everybody's happy yeah. the sun's shining you know yes. no definitely because people i mean you've got people are, are in combined in a confined space so you know and they have to interact and you've got the whole sort of um, you know um senses of being you know around part of a community you know, and, right uh, i think people are just in a more happy mood to interact with each other and we found that people were a lot more receptive than you know, say like a, an experiment that we did once where, you know, we had a guy lifting a box on the street and we had like a hidden camera and we were just uh, waiting for people to come and help him before we sort of did a like flash mob. But we found that like, I think there we had like nine people out of 12 actually helped this person. But 
just randomly asking people on the street for acts of kindness it can be a bit tricky it depends on the way that you approach people but at festivals you see people a lot more receptive yeah yeah Uh, i want to get on to talking to david and and our first question is tell us about you i never know what to say when people ask me that question (laughs) so uh, we're talking about kindness so i've been working in the kindness field for 14 years now okay and uh, things have changed very very dramatically and you've just mentioned some fantastic examples like the mutual aid um, movement at the moment and you've also mentioned about the man and the lovely pillow and you've mentioned about care for the environment um, and lots of these things are really exciting you know brand new things and they all to me fall under the umbrella of kindness and it's been very exciting for me to hear in the recent weeks even though this isn't the time to feel excited but the, the, to hear ministers um, using the word kindness in many many of their broadcasts and many many of their communication i don't i don't think i mean it's interesting i don't think i've ever heard a chancellor of the exchequer talk about kindness before and actually he went he won himself a lot of fans who might not agree with his particular political opinion by by making this situation a bit more human would you agree absolutely yeah. I, I think it suddenly um a button has sort of flicked on in terms of um government of the world in sort of the big picture that there needs to be a human connection um, as opposed to a wall between how the controlling governments of the world and us people um, are related to and involved with. Yeah. And this is this is really really new because I, I remember going to some conferences maybe eight or nine years ago in Sweden where there were lots of government um, ministers and workers from around the world and they were talking about global problems and I was talking about kindness and um, everybody thought it was a little bit weird that I was allowed to be involved in something like that. But by the end of the conference, they were using the word kindness. Yeah. And the, the, the second somebody spins out a word, whatever it is, negative or positive, out into the great energetic field of action, um, things start happening around it. So it, it's fantastic <clears throat> that ministers are now embracing positive values as part of their vocabulary. Um, in particular, kindness. 100%. I, I, I always, I always uh, don't want to get too morbid on a Friday morning, but I always think about, <laughs> I always think about death quite a lot, you know, memento mori. So it's like, what do I want to be remembered for? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Do I remember? Remember that one day you shall die and make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, it's true, true. And it's that, it's that, it's, it's that like driver where you go, you know what? Yeah, and, and weirdly, when I've shown, and you know, you know what? I had a little, my mum my, my passed away last year, so I I lost my mum a year ago um, 
uh, was it yes, the day before? Day before. Uh, day before. So we had um, a nice cup of tea and a cream cake, and I, thought, you know, I'm going to write a just hundred word piece, and I was literally crying my eyes out, writing down how I felt about it, and I went to Charlotte, um, and I said, look, I'm going to show you this. And she said to me, I'm going to start crying now. She said to me, um, whatever you write, it's good enough. And that made me cry even more. Um, so it was like... but me, man. Uh, yeah, but, but you know, you know what? But you know what? It's interesting because I think it took... In my 20... I mean, I'm, I'm the same age as you, I'm 42. But in my 20s and 30s, I don't think I would have been comfortable enough with myself to actually do that. Do you reckon maturity comes into it? Do you reckon, do you reckon it... Like when you're a bit older, it, it takes a while to get to that point. Yeah, I, I think it's, it, age definitely comes into the mix. I think that there's <laughs> in two ways, really. I think firstly, you've got more experience, life experience, so therefore you can make a more a more rounded call on most things. Yeah, based on your experiences or experiences of others. The second part, which is more the kind of the bloody minded element of this, is the fact that you kind of you're more prepared to put yourself out there because that. Uh, sensitivity is decreased even with with myself being highly sensitive that was decreased a little or enough to start to kind of put myself out there so i think you do get that the older you get the more kind of the more prepared just to stand by your own decisions mainly because because it's your conditioning your conditioning has kept you that way and that's the reason why it's important to start to question our our conditioning too um so i believe that everything in our lives should be open to questioning yeah um we should we should be able to stand up to our own pulling and poking a part of our, of what we do and the decisions we make and the people we're with and we should choose to have things and people in our lives as opposed to just assume that's always going to be that way. And and, um, and the interesting thing is as, as well is as you know I run a financial planning business like but I'm not yeah. defined by my job. Do you know what I mean? My job is yeah. just one aspect of my life that 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 thankfully people want to pay me for but it doesn't yeah. define me as an individual and it's weird when we started this this like journey through exploring what kindness meant a couple of people said to me what are you doing i was like it fascinates me so why wouldn't i do it you know it's a weird one it's a weird one mate it's it's like i said the the, the whole so with the speaking academies i run um when we look at people that want to represent a business or an industry that actually the, the best way to to represent your business is to wrap your character, your personality, your stories around your offering, your product. Hundred percent, amazing. And it's called Postcards of Kindness, isn't it? It is, yeah. Postcards T- of Kindness, the group. T- tell us about, as opposed to the book or the or the or the album or the, or the film or the, or the actual postcards. <laughs> um, so tell us, tell us a bit about Postcards of Kindness, the group. Um, so Postcards of Kindness, um, the reason we call it the group is because when we uh, launched it for our own care, uh, our own care country the year before, uh, we used the hashtag Postcards of Kindness, um, and I wanted people to differentiate, to know that this was the place where they could come. Um, so the group is a community, an online community, um, currently with 40,500 members, um, and it's a place where people can come together and find care homes that uh, want to receive post. Uh, and a place where um, care homes can come and share some of the uh, the impact of the posts they're getting. So it's sort of an all-encompassing community for the, the Postcards of Kindness project. So, tell me a little bit about where the idea came from. Um, so the idea actually launched in 2018. Um, we ran it um, for our company. 
uh, we've got 10 care homes and uh, my manager, um, a lady called Vicky, uh, went on holiday with her family and ran out of family to write postcards to. Um, and her little boy was sort of quite keen to carry on practicing his writing, so she decided to send a postcard each to um, our 10 homes. Um, and when when she got back, we had a bit of a, a, um, a discussion about it all and thought, we, it'd be really nice if we could launch a bit of a project for our homes to ask their friends and family to send cards. Um, so we launched it out on social media and, and it blew up. We didn't expect it to go any further than friends and family, um, but we had postcards from around the world. Um, so last year we were looking at a way um, that we could run it again, but we could involve more people, and the group was born. Yeah, and we've 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 been involved over the past year, haven't we? You know that? Do you remember that time when you could actually go out? What the last time? I think we were in, I think we were in Rotterdam last year. Was we're, it Rotterdam we're looking or up not? into the distance as could, we imagine the scenario. It could have been Rotterdam or anywhere but home. Um, but it was yeah. So we um, we sent our own postcards in to some of the care homes. How did it work practically? So what, what do people do to get involved? Uh, so the, the main thing that people do is uh, join the group first, um, because that's where all the information is. Um, so come and join the group if you're not already a member. Um, you'll find their uh, spreadsheets. It's the easiest way we found to keep a tabs on all of the homes. Um, every single home that wants to be involved is in a spreadsheet. And you can choose an address any way you fancy because they're organised in alphabetical or by location, however you choose. Choose uh, as many homes as you want to write to um, and pop something in the post. And it doesn't even have to be a postcard. It could be uh, a greetings card, a letter. Uh, we have people that send in items for reminiscence, so um, song lyrics for songs that uh, residents might have sung sort of when they were children. Uh, so there's a broad spectrum of things that people are sending now. It's not just holiday postcards, but... Um, Come and join the group, and that's where it starts. Amazing. Now, how, so so the idea um, the idea from Air Julep came from your conversations with your education based clients. Help me understand how yes. it works practically. How does the platform work practically? Okay, um, it works. It's really easy. So basically, there are two parts of the users that we uh, we bridge. One is the seniors, and one is the students. Seniors wise, um, we now our platforms uh, is our platform is opening to the UK, US, Ireland, and Australia, four countries only. Okay. So what need, they need to do is they only need to go to our website airjulep.com um, to go to register their information as the phone number, their availability, the hobbies, and uh, the uh, preferred time to talk. So this is this whole process takes two minutes. So once these registration is done, their uh, their information are going to get go to, to get to get sent into our app, uh, which is used by the student side. So student wise, now um, the the application the, the smartphone app opens to uh, users in Japan, China, and Korea. So they need to download the app and they need to sign up and then they can go through our profiles for the seniors who registered with, with the platform. And then once they choose the ones that are online and um, have uh, the um, uh, interested, that has, has the topic that they would love to talk about, they can just make one click and uh, and our app will indicate the call to the seniors on seniors' cell phone and landline. So no need seniors to learn about smartphone, computer, or tablet, or anything, as long as they know how to use 
cell phone and landline to answer calls, they they will be able to use our platform. And all those informations were uh, completely protected with our system. Our system is using a Ameri American telecommunication provider called Twilio, and um, they store and protect all the information. And uh, we record all the conversation, and we have AI to uh, catch any inappropriate words and to indicate any crime, fraud, or any kind of incorporate conversation and notify yeah. us as a management team okay. if that happens. And then we will go back to the conversation, listen to the conversation, and then take necessary necessary Action. uh, actions by either blogging the user or warn the user or even take legal actions if necessary. Yeah, so, so by doing this, we, uh, we, we're really just trying to protect them. Um, I mean, for this, uh, selfishly, uh, I, I'm more trying to protect seniors because seniors here are more vulnerable here and they're not um, familiar with technology so uh, we want the call to be positive warm and and um, uh, there will be zero tolerance on any crime or any fraud or any uh, any, any inappropriate speeches okay. um, while using our platform. Um, talk to me about a little bit about the project you did for Eastbury Manor um, because um, I visited and it was it was amazing to see not only the people whose stories you told there experiencing uh, sort of those memories, but also how you sort of merged the sounds and the stories and the photos. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what the reaction was to that. So the reaction was uh, actually much, uh, I thought it would be a great project, but it was a really, really great project. And we actually merged young and old people as well. So we worked with the school, um, but none of that was displayed or the pictures of the children because we weren't allowed to do that, obviously, through um, the school. But that was really powerful because they actually came to our celebration weeks, the children, and spoke to the older people about their projects, yeah. um, which was wonderful. And I think that the thing that we did, which we didn't imagine we would do, is we reunited some family members okay. um, that had not seen one another for over 20 years. And it was one lady that was in her 90s and uh, her cousin who was in his late 70s. Um, so that was quite amazing, really. And the gentleman that we reunited, we did um, at home. And I was just telling the ladies in the group that I'd interviewed this amazing man who had a British Empire medal. And this lady perked up and said, Iris perked up and said, his name's not Fred, is it? And I said, yes, he's my cousin. I've all, you know, I've been wondering about him. So we got him to come to the launch of the exhibition. And she was there as well. And we united them, which was wonderful. Oh, I love so that a story. Lot of things happened that I didn't imagine would happen. Um, yeah. There's some great friendships come out of it. Yeah, people keep in touch. Uh, together without me, which is fantastic, especially through lockdown, because I've been ringing them all, and um, they've now we've now got a chat group, so we're chatting on WhatsApp, which yeah. one of the ladies set up. So we're on that daily, you know, showing pictures what we're making. Um, it got people also interested in craft again, so people that maybe hadn't done any craft putting their pictures in their albums. They started to make cards and yeah. 
do all sorts of things. And I think the power of seeing the pictures just as they were, uh, you know, back in the day, for young people that live in that area now has been amazing. Yeah. And I, I go to the house every other Thursday. And when I'm there, often people ask me about the exhibition and I talk them through it. Yeah. So it's it's, it's, it, it's, it's it exceeded my expectation and I think everyone else, and it was supposed to come out in September and the House have kept it. And I believe they're going to keep it as a exhibition forever because it is about the local people and it's about social, local history, which I think is something that we undervalue, which I certainly did until I did this project. 100%. Um, what's been your... I mean, you've, you've been doing this for a few weeks now. What's been your favourite silver lining story so far? Oh, my favourite? Well, I could, be, uh, I could be really selfish and talk about the... Um, video that I produced with, with one of my bands, but I'll be honest, my favourite um, is a, a, a silver sliding story about a dog called Soda Pup who delivers wine. Yeah, we read that one. We, we read that one out, actually, and we really enjoyed that story. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did. Um, so, so the, cha the challenge we had, Dave, is we're now trying to work out how to train our dog to do that. Um, uh, and I think we've He's got a bit of an uphill struggle. Yeah, 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 true. Um, so, so that's great. <clears throat> and tell us about you and your band so that we can understand a bit more about what you've been doing. Uh, well, obviously, we can't, uh, we can't get out and do any gigs at the moment, so um, there's two, two bands that I work with and we've been uh, recording together uh, at home and posting some videos uh, on YouTube and Facebook, just of a couple of songs. Uh, there's another one on the way, which hopefully will be finished by the weekend. Mm. How do you... Um... It's like we're all playing together live, but <coughs> we're not. It's all kind of uh, pre-recorded to a click track and then somebody edits it all together. God, I was going to ask that. How do you make it all sync in time? Because it must be... Uh, yeah, the editor's job must be the toughest one. Who ends up editing it? Uh, well, the the, uh, the music is all mixed by um, a guitarist, a guy called Matt, and then the edit, the video is put together by the uh, keyboard player Simon. Okay, cool. Um, and and I, act, I act in oversight, <coughs> so yeah, I get the kind of final word on whether it's any good or not. <laughs> As a guru, that is right. Um, uh, what's your favourite? Uh, what's been your favourite as a musician? What's been your favourite musical silver lining? Um, I would say there's a, there's a choir in Bristol called the Riff Raff Choir, uh, and they put together a video of an a cappella version of um, Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. Not uh, Bon Jovi's best. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. it's, again, it's everybody filming their pieces from home. And then putting it all together. Yeah, it's so good. Well, now we've had a. Refraff Choir will put a link, why else we put a link on the show notes? But we have had a bit of a contentious opinion because under her breath, Charlotte <laughs> just went, yeah, bon not, not one of Bon Jovi's best. So share uh... with our audience and um, everybody what is Bon Jovi's best. I, I quite like Have a Nice Day. It's a good song. Part of what you do is including, like, in, making sure you include people 
on the ground mm. to deliver what you deliver. Absolutely. We, 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 we've always done that. Uh, we've never worked in isolation. We've never worked. We've never called ourselves an NGO. We don't parachute in a solution. Um, it doesn't work. I, I don't have a, a huge deal of regard for that approach. I think that if local people are involved in identifying needs, involved in um, working through how best to uh, implement potential solutions, and then involved in delivering, rolling out the actions that affect that change, that sense of ownership in the local community is, is heightened. We all own the project. The yeah. issues affect all of us. We're all a part of that solution. And I think that that ownership actually buys in so much more goodwill. And it also builds into the project a strength that says it can carry on from one year to the next. Um, th th there is no politicizing in anything that we do. We, we, don't, we don't work with ministers, we don't work with these policies. The closest thing we have a policy to the work that we do is, is a safeguarding policy um, and, and one that actually involves moving through the mountains safely, having regard and respect for the local community and the local culture. Amazing. Now you've sent us some videos. Now, just just a word of warning. This is we've tested this. The videos work, Charlotte, don't they? They work. They work. Um, and we're going to show your videos now. So whilst we do that, I want you to just tell us a little bit about what's going on in these videos. While I move my head out the way, yeah, because right. I think it goes over the video. So I'm, I'm just going to move over this one. Well, I, I can't see the video, Chris. I'm relying on so, your description so the, of what you're seeing. The, the videos are um, um, some packages. So this is like a little game, isn't it? Some packages and people um, wrapping up blankets by the look. Okay. So tell, so, tell so, us so what's going on. So basically, that video, uh, we actually got a, a cargo helicopter to deliver between snowstorms um, 100 heavy-duty blankets that were purchased in Kathmandu. Uh, they landed in a place called Senvoce and they were carried on people's backs to um, the guest house in Kyanjuma. And there the blankets were sorted and individually wrapped because they were going to be carried on people's backs to each of the locations that we support. Yes. So they were then going to be carried en masse on, on people's backs because there are no roads. Yeah. To uh, Tame, Tamo, Kiaro, to places like uh, Podse, Kumjung, Kunde, and Upper and Lower Pangboche. So all of those areas in the Kumbu Valley and in the valleys across from the Kumbu, these these blankets would have been carried on people's backs to physically deliver them to the different locations up and down mountains to altitudes of between 12 and 14,000 we, we also saw a video of some people out in the, um, in, in the mountains in the snow. Is that the weather now? Is that the weather currently? That's the weather currently. The temperature in Nunchi Bazaar last night was minus 11. Um, they had a flurry of snow yesterday and the day before. So, absolutely, it, it is current. They've had snow on and off for months now. And, and like I say, it's very unseasonal. It's, I mean, we put it down to global warming um, because right now it should be spring and it should be planting potato time. 
Amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah they're, they're all working in the snow, blizzard conditions, and temperatures sometimes of up to minus 17 in at night time. So tell us about the trip you made. Was it last year? Was it last year? Last year yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. But just the memory now. Well, last Christmas it was. Um, I set off on the 20th of December last year to deliver Christmas presents to all the children's hospices in the UK. There's 54 children's hospices in the UK and unfortunately 26 couldn't accept my visit because me being the plank that I am didn't do an awful lot of thought into it and decided to set off just before Christmas. So obviously all the hospice workers are working really hard to get the children home for Christmas so 26 of them couldn't accept my visit but 26 of them did. And um, how did the idea for the trip start? <laughs> well, I've always been, I don't know, if people have seen this, this podcast before, they'll understand. <laughs> I am a complete nutter when it comes to Christmas. I absolutely love Christmas, always have done. And the Christmas before, Christmas 2018, I was sitting there with my daughter, Amy, and uh, I said, oh, how great Christmas is. And the magic of Christmas, I said, wouldn't it be great to be Santa? And she was, well, you can be Santa. And I thought she was a complete loon. I thought, how can you be Santa? Is there, is there some academy that I don't know of that I can apply for? And, uh, Sorry, where's this academy? Can I sign up for the old can I, can I? Can I sign up? I really was signing up. But uh, she said, well, you haven't got to deliver presents to the world. We'll narrow it down. And I got thinking, I thought, all oh, hospitals. But you do always see um, requests for presents for the big hospitals. They always run, do their fundraisers. And I thought, no one ever thinks of the hospices. Yeah. So I looked, I Googled children's hospices, and it come up, there are 54. And I thought, 54, I can do 54. And that's how it all started. Before we start talking about how you can help people, tell us a little bit about you. Right, so um, I was thinking maybe we might do a practice quiz, but should we do that at the end, do you reckon? When, when would you like to do it, mate? It's entirely your choice. Uh, I'm kind of feeling now, if you... Uh, you and Charlotte are happy to go with that. All good. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. All good, brilliant. Right, so it'll only be a few minutes, but I'll just guide um, yourselves and anyone else that's listening and anyone that tunes in later through a, a very quick practice, just a few minutes. I am going to use a, a, what's called a singing bowl um, to start and finish the practice. So you often have this, this sound at the beginning and end of a practice. And there are different reasons for using a sound at the beginning and the end of a, of a meditation. And the one that I most frequently share is it really is a, a point in saying this is a point now where I'm just going to tune in to myself and my own experience. So rather than worrying about the Adrian that has to be a husband and a dad and an employer and etc etc, actually this is now just a few minutes where I'm just going to be with me. That's it. Nothing else. And then we ring bell again and then that's a point to come out and, and engage with life so um, having a listen to this sound and just sitting comfortably maybe with the eyes closed if you're comfortable to close the eyes 
or otherwise a soft gaze down towards the table or the floor. This is why one of us needs to keep our eyes open. Okay, so taking a moment to check in with your body. Mindfulness is often linked to mind and mental health and what have you but actually most practices we really tune into the body rather than the mind so noticing if any parts of the body are holding on to any tension or tightness and letting those go and taking one or two slightly deeper fuller breaths on the breath, the body's let go of any tightness. During the periods of silence, the mind will want to create a little commentary or have a little chatter, perhaps jump into the past or the future. So we give the mind something to focus on, something to become aware of. So just taking a moment to notice the feet and the contact between the feet and the floor. And expanding that to include the contact between the body and the chair. sense of being grounded here. The mind can flit off into yesterday or tomorrow, but the body has to be here. And moving the awareness up the body into the trunk of the body, noticing the stomach or the chest, perhaps noticing how the body is very gradually moving, each in-breath and each out-breath. able to notice how there's a very slight pause at the end of each in-breath and at the end of each out-breath.
noticing the edges of the body, noticing the space around the body, becoming aware of the sounds in the room. to this sound, and this sound being an invitation to move from this internal focus to an external one. That was that was really good. That felt quite relaxing, actually. That was really good. I'm on for a nap now, so I'm gonna let Charlotte finish the rest of the okay. rest of the show. Because I did Paris three years ago. Was it three or four years ago now? It was 2017. So it was three years ago. Um, yeah. Uh, I I did I did uh, Paris three years ago, and um, I I enjoyed it. It was really good. But part of um, the thing about Paris, it's a beautiful city, but it is full of Parisians. And Parisians <laughs> are a bit more sophisticated, but... Not the, too keen on the marathon. Not too keen on the marathon. And there was some nice polite clap, clapping from sort of bistros and bars on the side. But I was, I was expecting a London uh, uh, yeah. uh, environment. Um, and it was, it was just a different experience. Amazing. Yeah, and yeah. running down the river and up to Notre Dame and, and, and running Almost up to the Eiffel Tower. I, I did almost... I, I, I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, I, I, uh, there was a guy who wasn't too keen on the marathon who, um, who, who um, was trying to cross the road. And they've got... You, you, know, you know what it's like? They've got, like, sort of... Uh, places where people can cross and this guy was yeah. crossing really slow they'd start oh. the uh, any more people and they'd start the runners again so I'd started um, and I had to duck dodge this guy as he started waving his baguette so I came, oh. I came back from the marathon and my first client I had a client meeting in town so headed into town to see this client uh, um, uh, this client said, how was the marathon? I said, really good, really enjoyed it. Had a little cry at the end, like, so, but really good experience. Um, but I did get attacked by a man with a baguette. And he went, you couldn't make that any more French, could you? Did he have, like, no. a stripy jumper and, like, onions? No, just the baguette, just the baguette. But I, I loved it, but I'm expecting... Um, I'm expecting London to be just completely different. Have you have you done any more since? I haven't. No. You know, I did it. I had such a great day. And I know that people come, usually finish, and they're either straight away like, I want to do that again, or they're like me. <laughs> I've done it. So I've notched it up. And, and because it sort of all went well for me, I didn't feel like I wanted to go back. And, yeah. and also, I think because it is, you know, it is a massive commitment, and it's a, fam you know, family thing. I was, I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to do that right now. I, I, I wouldn't say never say never, but but London is something else. And um, so, have you done London? No, 
Now, so you're going to be doing it in October? Ho hopefully. I'm just, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that October's going to be going on. He's been trying to do it since um, Paris. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, it, London, London will be the one. But then, It's then, extraordinary. And um, ever since I ran it, I've been compelled to go back and uh, cheer everyone on because of the support on the streets. It's yeah. absolutely... Uh, as, I can't really describe it. There's so many different elements. I've got so many really vivid memories of different aspects, whether it's drummers, whether it's just people shouting out your name, you know, that, you know, of course you have your name on your t-shirt. Um, and there's this very clever sort of drafting system. When you get a bit tired, you sort of go towards um, the pavements, at, like the edge a bit to let the faster runners through. And of course that's when people supporting can see you and they start, shouting your name and the lift you get from that is incredible you find yourself sort of drafting back out into the middle and off you go again she keeps on poking me in the leg by the way you can't see this but clearly I know I'm talking too much because I get, I get a little poke in the leg look sharp Chris no more come on good job that's great <laughs> what does the research say about the most effective methods to be a bit kinder to yourself yeah so we would look at this as like self-kindness under the umbrella of self-compassion and, and see them really um, tied together. And to clarify how we even imagine kindness and compassion, um, compassion is the feeling you have and kindness is the choice to act on it. So when you have self-compassion, the things you will do to, to act on that would be acts of kindness, is, is an act of self-kindness is how we could um, qualify that. So to start with, um, compassion, the way it's defined is it's the ability to show yourself empathy, uh, or to show empathy. And so self-compassion would be the ability to show empathy to yourself. And a lot of the work around self-compassion shows that when you take time for yourself, when you're willing to invest into giving yourself a break or a breather, giving yourself the tools you need to improve your own well-being, focusing on nourishing yourself, whatever that may look like, all of that will actually allow you to show up um, more strongly and better for the people around you, um, may that be family or colleagues. So by prioritizing self-compassion and going back to what you were saying at the beginning around selfishness, arguably you're choosing yourself in those times perhaps, right? Like you might be neglecting something to go be kind to yourself, but it will actually allow you to hopefully be even stronger for the people around you. Yeah. And I believe it's uh, Brene Brown who talks a lot around the idea that um, the most compassionate people have the most boundaries because they're able to know how to fill themselves, what they have to do to be kind to themselves in order to continue to extend kindness towards others. A question in the podcast you'd like to ask? I love the biscuit one. Go on and do the biscuit What is one. the world's best biscuit? Because we had loads of controversy. But like a proper biscuit, like like that you would get in London. Yeah, do or you like, get... Just, or, or am I supposed to actually translate it to like cookie? I mean, have you, do, you, do you get like, would you buy custard creams or chocolate digestives or anything like that? Oh, would you have not. those? I mean, I, so yes, when in when in London. But I'm very curious what the best is because I would like to start to like bring this into my, you know, I'd like to 
taste test this. So if you give me a list of what you think are the top five, I will taste them all and I will come back with a definitive right. answer. That, that, that is a second interview already arranged, right? What we're going <laughs> to do is I will post you, I will post you some biscuits, Melissa. And the, and the, the next time we, the next time we do one of these interviews, we'll do a yep. process. I've got a great palate. We'll do a share. We'll do a share. Oh, you send me some cookies. <laughs> and then we can decide which is which. I mean, that, that sounds ideal. Yes. Um, I love it. Oh, turn the mic on. So that was all of the best bits yes. of the Kindness Project over the past um, over the past few months. Um, hope you've really enjoyed uh, the show. Tis the end for Tis now. End. I mean, if you're listening to the audio version, it won't be the end because we'll be around next, next week. week. Yeah. Um, but if you've enjoyed the live episodes, which I know many of you, I've had some lovely, amazing messages from people yeah, who yeah. said uh, you've really enjoyed watching us um, and our nonsensical waffling's on Facebook. Shenanigans, good word. Um, we really appreciate yeah. it. And one thing we really appreciate is the a number of amazing guests. Yeah. Like we've gone all over the UK speaking to our guests. We've gone to China. We've gone to America. Um, and and that, that video, the now 27 minutes, 50 seconds compilation. <laughs> Why do you know the specific seconds? I had to set a bit? timer so oh. we could know when to run yeah. back. Yeah, just amazing people doing brilliant work in the world. I had a conversation today about how um, it's easy to feel hopeless mm-hmm. when everything looks pretty um, pretty dystopian at the minute. But the reality is, and I think hopefully what we've showed over the, over the past few months, is there's plenty of good in the world. There's plenty of people doing kind stuff. Um, and actually the kind outweighs the bad in the world. Most people, I believe, are genuinely good. And on that note, I definitely need a haircut now. I've been looking at that barnet for for, um, for the last five minutes. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Have a lovely return to normality, whatever that is for you. Or if you're listening, Happy New Year. If, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're listening, Happy 2021. Um, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. If you if you've been a uh, if you've been enjoying the videos, you can catch all of the Kindness Project's previous episodes on www.kindnessproject.co.uk or on the Facebook because they're all backed up on the Facebook or on the Facebook Um, so feel free to check those out thanks again for all your support and we'll see you not particularly soon but we'll see you again on the Kindness Project see you next time